Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Yes, gut-brain connection here at Health Renaissance Radio. Wouldn't that sound really cool? I think it'd be neat. Um, We're going to go over the gut-brain connection. Now, this is hugely important if you look at brain function. Now, dementia and Alzheimer's in this country, um, we're talking four times. It costs four times the amount of on brain damage than it does in cancer, except this is not getting the play. Now, when I'm talking brain damage, I'm not just talking dementia and Alzheimer's. I mean brain fog, attention deficit disorder, autism. We're looking at all of the different brain-damaged conditions that our population is suffering from, and the gut-brain is huge. So anything that negatively affects the gut is going to negatively affect the brain. Now, we're going to get into this, but I also wanted to give a shout-out. It's Vaccine Information or Education Week. And this Vaccine Education Week, now it's started by National Vaccine um, Information Society. Uh, And the the interesting thing is NVIC um, is they've been around for 30 years. And Vaccine Awareness Week is just to make you aware of the benefits, of the risks, just so that you get a more scientific base. Because when you're talking about vaccines, um, you'll see they have pro-vaxxers or anti-vaxxers. Well, what about the pro-science and pro-human ones? Now, I'm absolutely, totally behind safe and effective vaccines. Uh, except I have the scientific um, criteria. I think that the vaccine should pass the double-blind placebo-controlled trials that are the scientific method. That would be ideal. No vaccine has ever done that yet. And the entire uh, regimen that um, the CDC is recommending for our kids uh, has never been studied and this means that the 72 doses of 17 different vaccines has never really been studied. Now, we're bringing that up on gut health is because vaccines can damage the gut. But also I'm bringing this up is because the social media now is being restricted to information that the powers that be um, approve. Now, National Vaccine Information Center these guys will put opinions backed by scientific fact, and they put study after study after study and pre- prevent or present a different opinion. And one of the things that's made societies great is the freedom to express opinions. Uh, now, you might think that we have a constitution that would, that would express that. That's absolutely true, except for private com- companies. And most social media groups are private. So there was a movement now from Pinterest to wipe out National Vaccine Information um, Center to to tell them that they cannot post anything. And this is the letter from the Pinterest to National Vaccine Information Center. We take actions against accounts that repeatedly save content that include harmful advice, misinformation that targets individuals or protected groups, or content that originates from disinformation campaigns. End of quote. 
So this is called censorship. Now, if you go in, if I say, look, the the vaccines um, have been proven unavoidably unsafe by the United States Supreme Court, and I present data for that, that's against public opinion, but it's an absolute fact. Uh, if I put forth, according to the Journal of um, Tech, uh, here, let me pull up this one article. How about, uh, oh God, this is amazing. So when you look at, say, cholesterol drugs, how they damage the, the gut biome, or how measles, mumps, and rubella actually increase intestinal permeability, or that the 69 doses of 16 different vaccines recommended by the CDC has never been shown to be safe or, or efficacious. Now, I can make those statements and back it up with the science behind it. However, a number of the organizations, and eventually you'll see this across the board, where there's going to be massive censorship. So just be aware that you may have to look in different areas other than the Internet. But now, let's look at the enteric brain or the gut brain. Now, the gut, and I'm talking the entire digestive tract, not only does it um, process nutrients and absorb waste products, there's, it's, it's called the enteric nervous system or the second brain. Now, this contains, the second brain, some 100 million neurons, more than either in the spinal cord or the peripheral nervous system. Now, the enteric brain, it, it, it has you feel the inner world. Now, it, it's responsible for breaking down um, nutrients, absorbing nutrients, expelling waste. There's chemical processing. There's a mechanical mixing, a rhythmic muscular contractions. Uh, however, the digestive tract does a lot more than that. I mean, they literally, um, it carries information. And some of this, 90% of the the nerves that supply the visceral system are from the vagus nerve. And this is the direct gut-brain connection. So the vagus nerve literally communicates from that brain to the gut. However, the gut also communicates back up to the brain through the vagus nerve. So does that mean that uh, your digestion and anything you put in your system, that is also going to have an afferent aspect or a communication back up to the brain. Absolutely. And this is the exciting aspect. So tonight we're going to go over digestive system, how digestion begins when you smell food or when you smell something. Anything you put in your mouth is going to go into the stomach and be filtered through the intestinal tract to be broken down and absorbed. However, and this is the, the efferent or the motor control aspect of the vagus nerve. Now, the vagus nerve is located at the base of the brain. And since we're talking about the second brain, the gut brain, we've got to talk about the vagus nerve. Now, what's interesting is there's also a sensory component to that vagus nerve. That means what you put in your mouth, not only does the entire digestive tract work, but anything that hits that intestinal tract is going to send a secondary signal back up to the brain. Now, what does that actually mean? Well, here, here's an uh, article from the Frontiers of Psychiatry. 
the title of the article is Vagus Nerve as a Modulator of Brain-Gut Axis in Psychiatric and Inflammatory Disorders. Okay, get, get this. I mean, just the title of the article. If you're not like all abuzz right now, then you are definitely not the nerd I thought you were. Okay, and in my world, nerd is really cool. Okay, so Frontiers of Psychiatry 2018, brand new article. Quote of the article, or the title, is Vagus Nerve has Modulator of the Brain-Gut Access in Psychiatric and Inflammatory Disorders. Now, the vagus nerve controls mood, immune system response, digestion, heart rate. It establishes one of the connections between the brain and the gastrointestinal tract and sends information about the state of the inner organs to the brain. Uh, So it's a sensory component. Now, it actually is involved in depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, inflammatory bowel disease. And so I want you to, to own the importance of this, is that this nerve if you put, let's say you put some poisonous in there, like let's say you put a burger with antibiotics, okay, or bovine growth hormone, or bread that's soaking glyphosates and and has been raised with um, um, it, instead of iodine, uh, you're going. Um, uh, oh God, I've just had a brain fart on the chemical they use to raise bread. Now, when you look at this, okay, you're exposed to these chemicals. You're going to eat a Twizzler snack. You're going to eat um, Sunny Delight, okay, which is really 10% fruit juice, 90% God knows what it is. Or you're drinking fluoridated water. So all of these chemicals in the food, if you're eating processed food, brominated, brominated bread, all of this stuff affects the gut in a bad way. And now in the past... I would always talk about how it destroys the gut flora. It destroys the, the, the microbiome in there, which is, needs to be super diverse. But beyond that, beyond destroying the microbiome, but beyond causing increased intestinal permeability, all of these are bad. But also having that toxic substance in there has a direct correlation or communication back up to the brain. Another article, article out of the Annals of Gastroenterology, and this is out of two, uh, 2015. The title of the article, The Gut-Brain Access, uh, Interactions Between Enteric Microbiota, Central and Enteric Nervous System. Quote, the gut-brain access consists of a bidirectional communication between the central and enteric nervous system, linking emotion, emotional and cognitive centers of the brain with peripheral and intestinal functions. That's right. This is exciting stuff. So when we're talking about neural, endocrine, immune, hormonal links, this gut brain is amazing. So when you need know um, that the gut brain, um, uh, let's go on, evidence of the gut brain uh, axis and interactions comes to associate the dysbiosis with central nervous system disorders, autism, anxiety, depression, functional gastric disorders. So now, in order to prevent um, all of these different disorders, like autism, anxiety, uh, depressive disorders, and we're talking 25% of the American population has some type of anxiety disorder. And then when you add in 
brain fog, dementia, Alzheimer's, autism, you're looking at 40 to 50%. So this is a, affecting a massive amount of our population. And you might think, well, why? So now anything that negatively affects the microbiome of the gut, um, you're going to have an afferentation or sensory input from that vagus nerve into the brain. So does this mean that all medications can negatively affect that input from the vagus nerve. Absolutely. And this is why we see um, antidepressants, antibiotics, anxiety medications, pain relievers. I mean, the plethora of stuff that people are taking for high blood pressure medications. Heck, even vaccines can damage the gut. Now, the average person 65 years old or over takes seven different drugs a day. That means that, that elderly people, if you're over 65, you're taking about 28 different medications yearly. And the Institute of Medicine says that medication-related problems, now this is the right drug at the right dosage at the right time. Okay, so the drug is done correctly, kills over 120,000 people a year and because this is damaging. Now they know that too many medications can cause symptoms of dementia. But in the fact... Uh, in the past, it's always been the chemical response from the medications that's been suspected, not how it damages the, the gut microflora. So think of it. So there's a chemical aspect of all medications. You know, and people know that like a beta blocker for, for um, blood pressure is blocking the sympathetic nerve supply to the heart. So we know that affects that. But also, what about the afferentation aspect or the sensory input from that vagus nerve? Could that also cause um, a negative response? Absolutely. And that's the exciting aspect of understanding about the gut-brain scenario. Now, so does that mean that anything you put in your mouth, if it negatively affects the gut, you can negatively affect the brain? Absolutely. Now, um, so does this mean that the reason, one of the reasons that medication interactions can cause mental decline, and this means um, sedatives, antihistamines, antidepressants, it could be from two different aspects. One, the actual chemical aspect of the drug. So we know that anti-anxiety medications uh, and the clinical pharmacology behind them or how they actually work is unknown. Uh, however, we do know that they cause anxiety, stress, and depression. Could part of this be from damaging of the enteric nervous system? Now, some people will say, well, serotonin's produced and stored in the gut. Could that be a contributing factor? Absolutely it could be. But also that sensory input from that vagus nerve could that also be uh, triggering it? Uh, of course. Now, there was a study, and this study was um, done, oh, God, it was brilliant. Uh, Jason uh, Karlowish was one of the investigators, and they were going in to think that nonsteroidal anti-inflammatories, since brain inflammation is associated with Alzheimer's, they thought they'd do a study to see if you could give nonsteroidal anti-inflammatories and reduce uh, Alzheimer's. They turned out 
that if people were using non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, that they had a 66% higher risk of developing a problem. So could Advil, Motrin, Aleve, all these different non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, could they be damaging the gut mucosa? And this could be another, not just the chemical behind it, that there could be um, a sensory input behind it? Absolutely. And the reason that this is so important and so revolutionary is that there's a chemical aspect to drugs, but there's a neurologic aspect to drugs. So if you take a drug for, say, sleep, um, Nitol, Somonix, Excedrin PM, Tylenol PM, Benadryl, Dramamine, I mean, there's a plethora of drugs that doctors will, will subscribe or prescribe. But according uh, to Maltzabozani, medical doctor, associate professor of medicine uh, at the IU School of Medicine, quote, simply put, we have confirmed that anticholinergenics, something as seemingly benign as a medication for inability to get a good night's sleep or for motion sickness, can worsen um, or cause cognitive impairments, specific, specifically long-term mild cognitive impairment, which involves gradual memory loss. Uh, that's frightening. So the drugs that they give you can alter brain function. Um, cholesterol drugs that damage gut microbiome and they contribute to antibiotic resistance. Now, the study found a wide range of commonly prescribed medications that interfere with the gut biome, including simvastatin. And that, that means that the, they're damaging the gut. Now, also, what they're finding out is that gut disorders are associated with mental disorders. There was an article published back in 2011, and the title of the article was Increased Intestinal Permeability Correlates with Sigmoid Mucosal Alpha-Synuclein Staining and Endotoxin Exposure Markers in Early Parkinson's Disease. That's a heck of a title. Boil it down. Leaky gut, because that's increased intestinal permeability, is associated with Parkinson's disease. And uh, out of the article, a quote out of that is intestine, um, uh, intestinal permeability might be an early sign of Parkinson's disease in a response to an environmental toxin or pathogen. So really, so anything that damages that gut um, or causes a leaky gut can contribute to brain damage. So does that mean antibiotics? Does that mean vaccinations? Does that mean everything that can, that can damage the gut? Uh, what about the aluminum? So now the aluminum that you inject in um, vaccines, now there's um, figure currently children are getting 74 doses of 17 different shots containing aluminum. Now there's a quadrupling amount of the aluminum given since the 1970s, four times, 400%. And we're talking hepatitis A, hepatitis B, the DPT shot, MMR, Hib, pneumococcal, and Gardasil all have it. Now, it's interesting because the, the aluminum that's in there um, is 10 to 20 times more toxic than mercury. And multiple vaccines are far worse with over 1,000 micrograms 
on average for a triple sh set shot. Now this is linked to autoimmune disorders, Down syndrome, schizophrenia, uh, ALS, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, and it just makes sense. Uh, and you got to figure, vaccinologist, vaccinologist, um, they build vaccines. Okay, that that makes sense there, doesn't it? Here's the challenge, though. Uh, vaccinology is a science of vaccines. Uh, they don't understand how the vaccines cause immunity. They understand how an infection causes immunity in the bottom body. But they've always had a problem with making vaccines that are effective and also safe because they don't understand the biological mechanisms for vaccine injury and death. And this is especially true for influenza because influenza virus mutates really rapidly. In fact, it's constantly changing. There's different strains circulating every year. And in fact, they have to guess what strain is coming. And then they rush to build the, influ the flu vaccines or seasonal. But what's it, what they don't know is that flu vaccines are about 40% of all the vaccines given, but 60% of the damage by all vaccines is caused by the flu shot. So, you know, it, it just doesn't make sense to do it. Plus, when you look at, um, well, uh, let's look at the lawsuits, because the lawsuits out there are incredible when you're looking at vaccine damage. Uh, Merck, which is sued over the, the shingles vaccine, the Zostavax-related injury. See, when they passed out the chickenpox vaccine in 1995, they knew it would decrease incidence of chickenpox. However, they didn't know that it massively increased the risk of shingles. So <clears throat> decreased chickenpox, but shingles, which is a heck of a lot more damaging and hard to get rid of, those rates skyrocketed. Uh, now, so what's the industry to do? Stop the chickenpox or create a um, shingles vaccine? Yes, that's right. You create a shingles vaccine. And so here we go. Now, there's a huge number of lawsuits that talk about how this shingles vaccine can cause herpetic neuralgia, breaks out of shingles. I mean, it's incredibly uh, disastrous for the people that are getting it. The, the problem is um, a lot of times, well, this vaccine uh, is not covered by the um, vaccine liability clause, so you can still sue over this one, which is why a number of the lawsuits are going to hit. Uh, the, the vaccine industry will do everything they can to protect this. It's just, it's just a little while. But again, we're talking about the gut-brain uh, connection. So what does this have to do with vaccines? Well, the measles vaccine, and this is back in 2002 and in 1998, they're talking about how the measles, mumps, and rubella shot can cause a new form of inflammatory bowel disease. It's called ileocolonic lymphonodular hyperplasia. And this is literally um, damaging the gut. And remember, there's a gut-brain connection. When we look at uh, Dr. Russell Blaylock, wrote a brilliant article, Vaccines, Depression, and Neurodegeneration, another reason to avoid recommended vaccines. And he's talking about how the current recommendations for CDC for the adult vaccination schedule include 14 separate inoculations 
and this is linked to chronic brain brain inflammation. Um, uh, it it's it just doesn't make sense. So what do you do? Uh, <laughs> what do you do? Well, first, uh, look at the food supply as well. So we know that medications can damage the gut flora. Food can damage the gut flora, particularly with um, glyphosates. So this means that anything that damages the gut and glyphosates, which is the leading herbicide used in almost every non-organic product, it increases intestinal permeability, imbalances the gut bacteria, and it activates the immune system and allergic responses. Uh, the biggest thing, though, and this is out of the clinical biochemistry, is os- oxidative stress is an important factor in the pathogenesis of celiac disease. So this means that if you have any type of oxidative metabolic stress, uh, it can damage the gut. And depletion of glutathione, which is caused by acetaminophen or Tylenol, is one of the main problems. So what do you do to heal the gut? This is going to make ridiculous sense. You've got to get a healthy nerve supply. So you've got to get your nervous system checked. This means stabilizing the pelvis, restoring the curve in the neck, making that connection clear. The gut-brain connection has to do this through the nervous system. So you need to get that brain stem and the body clear. If you're taking drugs, find why you're taking them and fix the problem. Okay, look at healthy, saturated fats. We're talking plant-based ketogenic diet is absolutely the best for brain function. And you're looking at vitamin D3, 3,000 international units for every 100 pounds of body. You've got to get leucoziodine because this is essential for healthy thyroid function. You need to get a plant-based mineral supplement, vitamin C with bioflavonoids, probiotics, and eliminate grains because that's going to ease off a lot of the pressure on the the pancreas. Um, Probiotics, build up the gut flora. Uh, So you're talking inflammatory bowel disease, celiac disease, gastrointestinal infections, all of this. They show that probiotic bacteria have a beneficial effect in all of these diseases. And then look at antioxidant-rich foods, the goji berries, the wild blueberries, dark chocolate, pecans, super antioxidant-rich foods. We, we know that glutathione protects the brain. It's the master antioxidant, main detoxification in the system. And where do you get it? Sulfur-rich compounds, cruciferous vegetables, garlic, onions, broccoli, kale, cauliflower. Oh my gosh, all the regular plants that are delicious too. This builds up glutathione. So what, what are we talking about? When you're looking at healthy brain function, what you put in your system damages the brain or it can be healthy to the brain. So anything you put in your mouth, if you're putting that burger, that french fry, that uh, hydrogenated vegetable oil, anything in your mouth, it can damage the gut and damage the brain. The gut-brain axis is ridiculously important, and it's nearly completely missed because they don't teach psychiatrists healthy um, nutrition, and they don't teach gastroenterologists nutrition at all. So this is one of the missing parts in our medical system that is completely dysfunctional. So (laughs) here's the basics. 
got to get proper nerve supply. Why? Because this is how your body works. You live your life through your nervous system. You've got to exercise regularly. And by the way, one of the ways to increase glutathione is for exercise. Proper nutrition. This means organic, plant-based, seasonal diet. That's, it, it seems too simple. Now, if you've been under stress a long time, you're going to have to start juicing and blending. Why? Because this cleans the blood system out. But you've got to get that nervous system working correctly, blood supply working correctly, and get the nutrients. Because what you put in your body matters. And then you have to get sufficient rest, which means that your body is able to restore and regenerate and renew. And then prayer and meditation. This is daily. Because just taking five minutes a day to deep breathe and restore and renew that, you're initiating the parasympathetic, the part that regenerates that nervous system function, that brain function. Those five keys to health seem too simple, but you've got to do it. Now, I also encourage everybody to go to drjohnbergman.com. And this means get there and look at gut health, look at brain health, look at digestion. We have hundreds of articles. And one of the greatest disease database, that's drjohnbergman.com. I totally recommend it. Uh, and also, uh, check out Extreme Health Academy. Uh, we've got, uh, I mean, podcasts, webinars. Uh, it's amazing. So go to Extreme Health Academy. Uh, dot com and get on there and take charge of your health. This is Dr. John Bergman, your advocate for you. I am behind any safe and effective medical procedure, but I don't think any medical procedure should be forced on you. Look in the mirror and smile. You're built by God. God bless you, and I love you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.